0: Welcome to the Well of Hope once again. It's been so long, right? It's been a minute, you know. I know it's Sundays, but then it feels so long. It feels so long. But anyway, I thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for tuning into the Well of Hope that never runs dry. Please remember to share this preaching with each and everyone and remember that God loves you. God really 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 loves you and before we delve into the preaching um my heart has been burning to tell you that God loves you it doesn't matter what you're going through it doesn't matter what you did today yesterday but God really really loves you this whole week I've been thinking of one thing mercy 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 I require mercy and not sacrifice and that's why we're having this preaching today but let's first pray You're listening to the Well of Hope, the show that gets you deep into the spirit and strengthens your Christian faith. Catch us every Sunday exclusively on Kuba Podcast, available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Well of Hope, it never dries. Almighty Lord Jesus, I thank you so, so much for today. It's a beautiful day. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. Thank you for each and everything that we've gone through in the past week. Almighty Lord, the first month is down and we've taken the second month of the year, but we've seen your goodness. We've seen your goodness in different ways. Some we might never see, some we might never know, but you are a good, good father. Almighty Lord, as we come back here to feed from you, to get from you, we put ourselves in your hands. May you take over our minds, take over our hearts. May you sit in the midst of each and every person sitting here, listening to your word, Almighty Lord. Speak to them, speak to their hearts, speak in their lives, Almighty Lord, and may they feed from you today. I put myself into your hands that you may speak, Almighty Lord remove words that are not that are mine and replace them with words that are yours and may your children feed from you today in your mighty name we pray amen 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 can you shout amen god is good right i'm so excited anyway so today we are going to preach about mercy what is mercy what is this thing called mercy how do we understand it as believers how do we share it with non believers What exactly is mercy? Because it's very hard for people to understand mercy. And most times people confuse mercy with grace, with forgiveness. So it's intertwined, but then it's different. Well, mercy, the Hebrew word mercy translates to mean a love that reaches down to help people in need. Even those who have done nothing to deserve help. Are we there? You reach down to help someone who has done nothing to deserve it. The second is Greek. Greek translates mercy to mean it emphasizes compassion and caring enough about another person that is suffering to help them. So you put yourself in that person's shoes. You care so much for them that you help them. This is different from grace, you know. People confuse it like I've said, grace and mercy. But I would say there are different sides, two sides of one coin. It's one coin, but it has two different sides. What is Grace. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. Christ coming on the cross and dying for our sins. We don't deserve that, yes? We don't deserve forgiveness, but God is giving us forgiveness. And then mercy, on the other hand, is holding back what we deserve. You've done different things. For example, you deserve condemnation. You've sinned. You deserve something. Keep telling hey, 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 you've sinned, you've sinned, you've done this. Conviction, whatever it is, but God holds that back. He doesn't give it to us. Then the other good example would be judgment. Uh, Let's actually read from James. Let's read from James chapter 2, verse 12, to 13. And if you're there, shout amen. It says, so speak. I'm going to read from King James Version. You can read from whatever version you're reading from. It says, so speak and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy. That has showed no mercy, And mercy triumphs over judgment. It says, you will be judged with mercy if you show mercy. If you don't show mercy, you will be judged without mercy. So God holds back this whole judgment just because of mercy. So he's holding back what we don't, what we deserve. He's holding it back and not giving it to us because we would deserve all these bad things, but he holds back, he holds them back for us. So that is mercy. Mercy. Mercy means giving, holding back what you do not deserve. God holds back what you do not deserve. Yes? And in essence, God is saying, give him or her another chance. They can do better. Today they will be better. Yes? Maybe now that they know better, they would act better. You know? And God God is abundant in his mercy. The word mercy is all over the Bible. Yes? It shows up very many times. In King James Version, it's like about 262 times that is a lot of times that number count is so high and god is showing you that he's giving you mercy in abundance in abundance that you can do with as you please god says i will give you another chance isn't that amazing isn't that so powerful please give him a clap will you God is so great in His mercy, just like that, that He says it is okay. I have enough. I will give them. Let's read from First Peter, First Peter chapter one, verse three. Again, if you get there before me, please shout, "Amen!" God is hearing you, even though I'm not. <laughs> well, First uh, Peter chapter one, verse three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again unto a living hope." by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, grace, grace, on the other hand, is God giving us his son. But all this was because of mercy. Because God loves us too much to see us failing, to see us turning away, he decides to give us his son, yes? So, grace and mercy are two different things. Let's not confuse them, yes? So, God shows his compassion to us by giving us Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Because he is merciful, he is great and abundant in mercy. And he says his mercies are new every morning. They fail not. Hmm? Actually, let let, let let me not just quote that. Open your Bibles. It's in Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. It says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Again, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't this nice? Every morning, every day that you wake up, God is there to give you mercy. New, fresh. It there yesterday's masses expire. Do not call upon masses of yesterday. Call upon today's masses. Take this like someone is giving you a voucher, shopping voucher. Go, do your shopping, do whatever you want. Every single day, you can't use yesterday's voucher because you are assured of tomorrow's, you are assured of next week's, okay? So you spend it extravagantly. That's how God's mercy is. You can use it as much as you want because it's there, it's new. Each and every morning, he's holding back each and everything that you deserve. So it's, let, let me say, Mercy is more like, which which perfect word would that be? be? Uh, let me say unfair advantage, exactly, unfair advantage. This person has an unfair advantage over you. We've seen this in the Olympics, athletics. Athletes, you see that one is standing in front and the other is behind. So you would say this first one has an unfair advantage over the one behind. Or you would say that life is not equal, we all have different advantages. Advantages over the other person find someone has connections, someone has different ways they're going to go about a certain thing. So that is mercy, it's giving you an unfair advantage. Yes, you've sinned, you've stolen, you've lied, but I'm not going to expose you, I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to let it pass. That is mercy, it's holding back what you deserve. So the origin of mercy is. It's very important. We need to know what mercy entirely is. Where does it come from? So that we understand the core of mercy and how it operates in our lives. The first mention of mercy in the Bible is at the Ark of the covenant When God told Moses how to construct the Ark of the covenant, And it's in Exodus chapter 25. And the whole chapter would give you more details and all that. But specifically, I'm going to focus on verse 17. And it says... And you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length of it, and a cubit and a half the breadth of it. Verse 18. And you shall make two cherubim of gold of hammered work Shall you make them on the two ends of the mercy seat? And make one cherubim on one end, and the other cherubim on the other end. Even... Of the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on the two ends of it. And the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and their faces shall face one another toward the mercy seat, shall the faces of the cherubim be. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. And there, I will meet with you, and I will commune with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are upon the ark of the testimony, of all things which I will give you in commandment unto the children of Israel. Are we there? So it goes on telling them the how to the the different sticks that would hold the ark of the covenant and all that. But let me give you a small picture of the ark of the covenant. It's it's a piece of wood, let's say a box of wood, rectangular rectangle box of wood. On it, on each side, there are two cherubims. Cherubims are angels that guard the Lord, yes? And then he says they will spread their wings up. Their heads will be facing each other. So they are face to face, but facing down on the, on the mercy seat. So that place where they are facing, where they are looking, is the mercy seat, okay? So... God is saying that in that mercy seat, in that place, I shall meet you. In that place, that is in verse 22. And there, I will meet with you and I will commune with you from above the mercy seat. From the two cherubim that are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give in the commandment and to the children of Israel. So God is telling them to build that to construct that and in there in the middle there he is going to meet them in the mercy seat so these angels he's even saying that cherubim do not even have to look at each other because if they look at each other they might commune they might be like it's even worth it you know it means they're actually going to seek advice from each other they are going to Communicate from against each other, but he's saying they will look down at the mercy seat. It doesn't matter what you're thinking, what I'm thinking, it doesn't matter what is around us, but we are looking at the mercy seat. We are looking through grace. We are looking at you through grace, through mercy, because without mercy, we cannot see God. Without mercy, God cannot see us. We are too filthy that we do not even deserve to be at his table. But then he's saying that through the mercy seat, these angels, this you know, if you're understanding this, can you give God a clap? God is saying that in this mercy seat, I will meet you. In this mercy seat, we shall commune, we shall communicate. I will meet you there. And there is a lot of testimony of this showing you that all these commandments are true. So there is a lot of proof, proof to show you that the ark of the covenant actually existed, yes? In Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9, from verse 3 to 5, yes, it says, Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the Most Holy Place. In that room were a gold incense, altar, and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar, containing some manna Aaron's staff, stuff that sprouted leaves and the stone tablets of the covenant with the Ten Commandments written on them. The glorious cherubim were above the ark. Their wings were stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. But we cannot complain or cont- explain all these things now. Yes? So Hebrews, they are saying that, the mercy seat existed, and inside this mercy seat were the Ten Commandments, Aaron's road, and a and a plate of manna, yes? So, God valued the mercy seat to him, because in the Israelites days, there was that day of atonement, and it was only the priest that was allowed to enter there, yes? Only the priest, Aaron, yes? You he would he was then who would enter on the day of atonement to receive forgiveness for all the Israelites in the most holy place. Yes? But then when we go on and read in Hebrews, yes, still Hebrews chapter 9, it says that all that, yes, all that is history. Yes, we do not need to go into the most holy place to obtain mercy. Yes? Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. It's it's a very long, long one, but then Let's read it, let's read it. It says, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 6, it says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, When these things were all in place, the priests went in and out of the room, regularly as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest goes into the most holy place, and only once a year, and always with blood, which he offered to God to cover his own sins and the sins of the people, that they had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the most holy place was not open to the people as long as the first room and the entire system it represents were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciousness of the people who bring them. For that old system deals only with food and drink and ritual washing, external regulations that are in effect only until the limitations can be corrected. Then Christ comes in. Verse 11, it says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that great perfect sanctuary in heaven, not made by human hands and not part of this created world. Once... For all time, he took blood into that most holy place, but not the blood of goats and calves. He took his own blood, and with it he secured our salvation forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ritual defilement. Just think of how much more the blood of Christ will purify our hearts from deeds that lead to death so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. This is why he is the one who meditates the new covenant between God and people, so that all who are invited can receive the ex- eternal inheritance God has promised them. Yes? So, in in brief, it's telling us that those were the old days where for one to enter the most holy place it had to be the priest and it only had to be one year just for them to receive mercy yes but now that christ came now that he is the mediator yes we only have to go through christ and the bible is telling us new each and every day are his mercies yes so what does this mean it means that we can go there ourselves Yes, we can approach God ourselves on our own because His mercies are new and fresh every morning. And if you look at the Beatitudes, yes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, mercy, it says, Blessed are the merciful. So mercy comes in the middle of the Beatitudes, it is right there in the center. Yes, and then if you look at Micah, it's Micah 6 verse 8, still mercy is in the middle and he says, I want you to be merciful. So at the center of each and everything, God wants us to be merciful. He desires mercy. He wants us to be merciful more than any other thing in the world. Yes. And we have seen him be merciful himself in different scenarios. Let's look at Peter in the Bible. Yes. Peter was a man of of limitations yes if we look at the story of peter some 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 christian once asked why did god love peter so much why peter i mean he was full of flaws and that was true yes but god loved peter because he was honest he was real he knew who jesus was yes so Here he's denying Jesus three times and Jesus stands and looks at him and he gets ashamed and goes crying, yes? He repents, asks for forgiveness, but still God tried him and tested him. And he asked him, yes? So Jesus asked him, Jesus asked him when he resurrected, yes? That's in John chapter 21, verse 15. He says, Peter, do you love me? Then Peter says, you know I love you. So God tested him, God tried him. Three times until God until Peter gave up and said, God, you know everything. Yes? That is revelation. You know who God is. Yes? He said, You know everything. And then God told him, Feed my sheep. Yes? This is God showing him must. Imagine a man that just betrayed you on the cross. A man who did not want anything to do with you. Another good example is Paul. Yes? Paul is on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. He was someone who Christians in prison. He crucified them. He he was after Christians. Whoever was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, Peter was ready to hunt him down. Yes. But then on his way to Damascus, he meets God. God blinds his eyes. And then Jesus is giving him another chance. He's speaking to him, telling him, I'm giving you what you don't deserve. You're going to go and preach the word of God. Imagine that. Imagine someone that should be your number one enemy. Someone stopping the gospel, stopping your gospel to move around. But then God is telling him, I'm giving you another chance. And we see that God gave him a chance, and Paul became one of the greatest apostles to ever live. The Bible is full of, of books from Paul, yes? So God is out there. He's in the business of showing mercy, of giving mercy, yes? But then one thing we see from these two stories is that while both committed grave sins paul and peter what yes they both committed grave sins but they both allowed they each allowed god to bring them home yes they allowed god to bring them back to be to be their center of each and everything that they do in that they passed they they seeked out for whatever made god happy they seek They sought to preach the word of God, yes, to be after God's heart. So we people are not perfect, yes? Our views are different. Look at ministers in church. Today you're finding this minister fighting with this minister just over one simple thing, just because they can't see eye to eye. We see parents, mother, father, they are both fighting, children who have grown up in the same home. You can never see eye to eye in in very many things, yes? But we need to see each other through mercy. Yes, we believe different things. Look at a married couple. You've come from different backgrounds. But you need to sit down and look at each other through mercy. Because when you look at each other through the blood of Jesus Christ, yes, through mercy, everything will be perfect. Life will flow. Life will be better. Yes, we need to stop criticizing each other attacking each other we all we need to do is to show mercy just like we've read from james chapter 2 verse 12 to 13 that if you judge with mercy so will you also be judged with mercy but if you judge without mercy you'll also be judged without mercy so we just need to show each other love we just need to stop criticizing each other and i know many people are out there and they're saying but i mean you can't always be good to someone who is bad to you to someone who doesn't deserve it but that is mercy Giving someone what they do not deserve, and it does not mean that you are forgiving them or you are letting go of whatever they've done to you. That yes, you've done this and this to me. I've ah I've forgotten it and what. It's very hard, and God calls us for forgiveness. But mercy is just saying that it doesn't matter what you did to me. I will still help you. I will still come through, and I will help you. Yes. If we read from Micah chapter seven verse eighteen, it says Micah chapter seven verse thirteen. I hope you are all there. Micah, Micah, you know I have very many papers in my book. So Micah, Micah chapter seven, verse eighteen it says Who is a god like unto you, who pardons iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retains not his anger forever. Because he delights in mercy. He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy. That is our God. Yes? He is merciful. He is a loving God. Yes? And in that same way, we need to also be merciful to others. In that same spirit, we need to show others mercy. We need to show them love because that is exactly who God is. And that is exactly what he wants from us. Let's look at Luke Chapter 6, verse 36. Luke chapter 6, verse 36. It says, Be you therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Yes? So God is calling us unto mercy. He's calling us to love, to forgive, to be willing, to let go, to show some other people another side that they do not deserve. Let's not be even. Yes? Because God desires mercy. God desires mercy. And he tells us in Matthew... Yes, if we look at Matthew chapter nine, verse 13, it says, but go and learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice for I am not come to all the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yes, God is saying that he desires mercy, not sacrifice. So whatever you do, do it with mercy do it with mercy. Forgive, be willing to let go, be willing to come through for these people. Because if you treat someone the way they treated you, then you actually deserve worse than this person. You cannot, it can't be an eye for an eye. You're worse than the person who did you wrong. Yes, you, have, you must know better as a Christian, as someone who loves Christ, because the Bible calls us to be Christ-like. It says, show mercy, show show mercy unto these people. And this takes us back to James chapter 2 verse 13, that if you judge with mercy, I will judge you with mercy. Yes. So be willing to forgive, be willing to show people mercy. It's very hard, but this is something that God can teach each and every one of us to do. Yes. This is something that God is freely giving us. If I knew you're out there and your heart, you feel left out, you feel so disappointed. But God is telling you, my dear daughter, my dear son, I love you more than you can ever think. And my mercies are new and fresh every morning. They will never run out. You can never tell God that this is enough. The mercy I've got is enough. No. God is willing to lavish you with his love, with his mercy. Yes? So What comes with forgiveness? Ah, A very quick story. There there was one priest. It was a very, very, very cold evening and stormy at that. In that, this priest was retiring. Decided, you know what? Let me just sleep. The day has ended. And then, out of the blue, he receives a call from a nurse in a hospital in an emergency room telling him, we need you. We need you to come through. There is someone and they're about to die. We need you to Come and speak to them before they pass away. So the priest is so reluctant. It's so cold. It's so windy. But then you know what? Duty calls. And anyway, he's a priest. yeah. So he goes sluggishly to the hospital. Then he reaches the man in bed. And then he tells him, hey, I'm a priest. And the man bashes at him and tells him, get out of this house. Get out of this place. I do not want to see you. Yes. And the priest goes and sits down. But remember, this is a cold evening. He would have been in his bed. Then he gives it another try. He goes and tells him, I'm a priest and I would want to talk to you. Then again, the man repeats the same thing. So this priest sits up and he's like, you know what, let me sit it out. I think I need to go home. But then in his heart, he knows that this person is going to die. And I will not be well if I let this person die without confessing their sins. So what he does, he sits, he's like, let me wait for about maybe two more hours. So he waits, it's cold, and it's, you know, you know. and the hospital is really the best, best place to be, mostly on a cold night. So he goes back in, and then this man breaks down. Yeah? He sees the priest, and he breaks down. He's like, oh, my God, I thought you had left. The priest is like, I'm here to talk to you. I need you to confess your sins. I need you to see Christ. And then the man tells him, I cannot. God can never forgive me. I can never do that. And then the priest is in shock. It's like, okay, what could this be? And the man tells him, you know, a few years ago, I was working at this train station. I was done monitoring the trains, which one goes, which one is leaving, which, which routes they are taking. But then one night I was so drunk in that I slept. And then I pressed the wrong tunnel. So a plane a, a, a train went where I did not have to go, so it clashed with a with a car, and in that car there was a mother, a father, and they both died i i i what? I caused the death of a family, so there is no way God can forgive me so this priest sits down and keeps quiet this man the sick man is sobbing crying in regret, in deep sadness. But then the priest reaches out to his hand and tells him, there is one thing you've forgotten in that story. In that car, there was a young boy, and that boy survived. And a few years later, he became a priest. So this man is in shock. He turns, he looks at the priest. The priest looks at him and tells him, on behalf of my family, I forgive you. I forgive you. You are a free man. And in that same way, God forgives you. He does not hold that against you. So this man sobbed. He could not believe it. And he confessed his sins. And he accepted Christ. Yes? But then, if you look at this story, there are different ways it could have gone. Probably the priest would have abused him, would have, you know, imagine a young child who loses his family at such a tender age. Probably he has grown up in foster homes from this home to the other from this family to the other, and there is a lot of things that can happen to a young boy at that age. The different influences, probably has looked at families as they drop off their children at school and he admires them. And this priest is putting aside all that pain, all that hurt and saying, I forgive you. Yes, but (laughs) trust me, I know very many people, or probably, you know yourselves who would attack this man. At least you would tell him one thing. Why would you be so careless? Why would you drink on job? Why would you sleep? Why would you do this? I mean, you hurt me. You know, even though you're not cursing him or anything, at least you would tell him, you cause me a lot of pain. But this priest is not saying any of that. And it is with that same power, with that same... And it's very possible for you and for me to show that mercy. Because Christ is showing that mercy unto us. Imagine all the things you've gone through, all the things you've done in life, but Christ is saying, no, 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 I will not give him all her this. I will instead give him this, yes, because I love him. And it's with that same power in that same breath that we should be able to show mercy to other people. We should be willing to help, willing to come through for each and every person, each and every person in our lives, yes? So, God is telling you that he loves you, he forgives you. And mercy is not for only sinners, even believers. Yes, you and me, yes, we believe in Christ, but we need mercy. From Psalms chapter 86 verse 5, it says, mercy is there for everyone who seeks it. So they are new every morning, seek God's mercy. Look at the times you're, you're going into an office and you know you've not read, but then you need God's mercy. That's the time for you to say, God, I need your mercy. I've not read. I do not deserve to get this job, but I need your mercy. And favor will not go where mercy isn't. If mercy is not there, favor is not going to move there. So we need God's favor each and every day and God's mercy most of all. Yes. There are different things we've done. Probably we are not the prettiest, but you have a boyfriend. Yes. You're not the most loving woman on earth, but you have someone who said, I want to marry you. And you have a ring on your finger right now. Yes? Or you have someone talking to you, telling you about marriage. Yes? You have a child, but I mean, you're not even the best mother on earth. I'm sorry to say, but God is telling you, I will give you this child. You will look after this child. You need a job. I'm giving you this job, even though you don't deserve it. Even though, that's why you say that there are very many non-believers who are succeeding in life, because mass is for everyone, even for non-believers. You see, a Muslim, and I know this question has come up very many times, but you would see a Muslim and any other person who did not believe in God, yes, but then they are not having mass. They are having mass upon their lives. You see them starting this business, doing this other thing. They are able to go to the U.S. embassy, I think it's the hardest place to get a visa. So they're able to go there and they get visas, they travel. So God is there to give you mercy. That is what you need. So if you're ever in a trying time and you need mercy, call on to God's mercy. Because it is new. It is a free pass each and every day. Once you turn to your right, to your left, God's mercy is there. It's abundant. It's abundant it's great it's awesome it is there for you and for me to hold on to to use as we please yes and this doesn't mean that you go around sinning and telling god this and this and that ah yes i've sinned but you know what god will forgive me his mercy is abundant yes because god's system does not work like like that yes because he says the wages of sin are death yes and he says for sins there are consequences but then We need mercy. He knows we need it because our bodies fail us. Our flesh becomes too weak. But then God comes through and says, I know that body lies, but I will give you grace. Think about it. There are many times where you want to do a certain thing. You know that I do not have to sin. I do not have to lie. Your spirit is willing. Your soul even David says, My body is willing but but my my soul is willing, but the body refuses. Yeah? So God knows that the body, the flesh, life, it doesn't come through. But he says, I will give you mercy. I will give you mercy. My child, my daughter, I will give you mercy. So let's take advantage of this mercy. Let's know that mercy is for us each and every day of our lives. Yes? And you are a candidate of time. So each and every morning, mercy is going to work. Mercy is going to be there for you yeah and in that same spirit be free to show mercy to people everyone is out there needing mercy there are people who have wronged you there are people who have done different things be willing to forgive be willing to let go be slow to judge just like our god is slow to anger and his mercies are enormous yeah so i want to speak to each and everyone out there who needs god's mercy God is telling you today that he is willing to show you mercy for whatever wrong you've done, he is there. Let's pray. Almighty Lord Jesus, we need your mercy. We acknowledge that you give us mercy in abundance and we thank you so, so much for that, dear Lord Jesus. Almighty Lord, today we come before you seeking mercy. Mercy for our sins. Mercy for the times that we've not forgiven. Mercy for the times that we've judged without mercy. Please forgive us, Almighty Lord. Write us afresh in your book of life. Take us back into your warm embrace, Almighty Lord, and teach us how to show mercy. Teach us how to love. Teach us how to forgive, dear Lord Jesus. And we shall be there. We shall be there to do that for other people who need it. Almighty Lord, right now I put each and every person listening to this sermon who does not believe in Christ into your hands. Please pray this prayer with me. Almighty Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for where I've wronged you. Forgive me for walking in ways that do not please you. Almighty Lord Jesus, right now I confess that you are God of all good, that you are the King of kings, and that there is none above you. Almighty Lord, you rule the earth, and today I confess that I believe in you and that you are my Lord and Savior. Please rub my name from the book of death and put it in the book of life, and move with me. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. Well, may the next week be blessed. May God be with you. May His favor follow you. May His mercies come through for you each and every day. May your family be blessed. May people call you blessed. May your finances increase. And may each and every goal, each and every desire you have come to fulfillment. And may you forgive and show mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Please, please remember to share this preaching with different people. And remember to come back every Sunday for something new that the Lord has for you. Remember, it's the well of hope and it never runs from you.